Welcome to the Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in or viewing in on the Alchemy of Business show, where we're always looking to help people make wiser decisions, create more profits and abundance in their life, and find higher purpose and meaning in their life. And I'm thrilled to have actually two guests on today, not one, but two. Uh, and they are brothers on top of it. So we are going to dig into that in just a minute. But I met these guys many years ago, in the, originally in the real estate space. And these brothers have gone on to create a real tech, real estate, and then beyond enterprise and empire in the, the tech space of communication. But the first gentleman I'm going to tell you about is David Tall. Uh, David was born in San Diego, and he now runs a VC-backed um, a company that's 10 years old now. He's always been passionate about not only living in San Diego, but also his family, I met him in the real estate space where he was a real estate agent and a really good one, but he decided to evolve into tech. And after graduating with an economics degree in UCLA, he had this academic knowledge, he had this in the trenches knowledge, and he started really connecting and engaging with people on how to communicate better with prospects in his own business. And he has, and his brother started a company called Agent Finder that we're going to talk about. And then he went on to create another company that we are going to talk about, which was Agent Honesty and Verse. So this guy is like a serial entrepreneur, a big heart, a big mind, and a happy dude. So you're going to meet him in just a minute. He's married. He has three kids. So he does have his hands full, for sure. And then we've got his, his brother, Avi Tal. And Avi was, prior to launching Verse, he founded a Wi-Fi a network media company that was in Latin America, and he was putting this into hotels where their content was connect, uh, connecting to travelers and businesses and it was in over 150,000 hotels across Mexico. Uh, the business eventually emerged and with a, was with a venture-backed company. And then this was Avi's foray into understanding Silicon Valley and technology and potentially the, the, the art of raising funds. Uh, noticing that his brother David was doing really well in real estate, they obviously were close and talked about that often. They realized that there had to be a better way to improve communications um, and they started this company, MyAgentFinder.com, to connect people together with the best services and the best agents. Uh, and then after witnessing this, he also understood more about technology. The back end started getting an understanding AI, artificial intelligence, and how this could help with connecting humans, not only just in AI, but with human touch. So Avi is going to tell us more about that today. He lives in uh, San Diego. He lives close to a beach. He loves riding waves. He loves traveling. Uh, and he always enjoys a bright, sunny day. And I know he just got back from some great travel maybe we'll talk about. So let's welcome the Tall Brothers to the Alchemy of Business Show. Thanks, hey, Steve. Hey. Good to be with you. Hello. Hey, hey. So Thanks for, for having us. Welcome. So for those of you that can uh, see the screen, if you're viewing this on YouTube or E360 TV, you see David Tall. He's in the right of the screen above, and we've got his name there. And then Avi, his brother, is uh, right. You'll see his name, obviously. So we're going to bounce them around. So sometimes you might get them confused. So I'll try and point out who these guys are when they're giving us info. So David and Avi, uh, tell us about this journey that you've been on. You literally have created uh, a national and international empire, not only in the real estate space, but it's now gone into all types of business forays. So I first want to talk about this intriguing thing is about a 
brothers not only having fun together, traveling together, doing family events together, but how do two brothers get together and start and launch a company? Let's start there. How did that come about? Hey, Avi. Hey, David. Let's start a company. So let's start on that first journey. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll start off here. Um, you know, Avi and I are both entrepreneurs and we both really were approaching our, our experience and the landscape that we were focused on in, in different ways, but through the lens of innovation and technology and kind of evolving things, moving things forward. And originally we were just helping each other out. You know, I was trying to help him with his efforts uh, in the digital media space. And he was really helping me uh, with a lot of my real estate uh, efforts. And there was a point where we realized that his expertise of digital marketing and media and, and a much deeper sense of what's possible with technology and automation. And what I was trying to solve for real estate originally, you know, we realized, hey, we can really join forces here and solve this problem for not just the entire real estate industry, but eventually for everybody. And then Avi, what, what made your entree originally into the digital media or communication space of connecting stuff in a, in a tech digital world? How did that journey originate for you early on? Yeah, I, I guess it was all really just an evolution. It was all really organic. You know, um, you know, it was, it was very organic the way David and I started working together. You know, it wasn't a, our plan, but it just kind of evolved into that naturally and um i got I originally set out um to start a company out of college i just was really passionate about doing something on my own and um and i saw you know an opportunity to do something with hotels and i pitched it to all the hotels in san diego but the first hotel to say yes was in tijuana and that's how i ended up in latin america you know it was like one hotel that was part of a chain and it kind of you know evolved from there um, so that was just an evolution in and of itself. It started off as um, digital signage, which was, you know, TVs that you would put in a, in a hotel lobby and we put content on it, like a scrolling news ticker and the weather and things to do in the area, you know, just like it's just something, you know, informational and that that eventually evolved into that, doing that on the Wi-Fi, you know, and it was all it wasn't my plan from the start, but it was just part of iterating, you know, and learning as, as we go along. Um, so that's, that's how that started. And, um, and then organically, you know, David and I hooked up um, and, and started working together. And everything just evolved ever since. And it looks like it continues to do so. And then agentfinder.com, that was the first company you guys did, correct? What year was that in that that originated? And then when did that come to its uh, maturity? That was around um, like 2014 or so for a, for a couple of years before we evolved it. And, you know, if I could speak about that for a minute and kind of the evolution and why, you know, our, our first instinct at solving this problem and, and the problem we were solving originally that, that, that I saw in real estate particularly was that, you know, I was a broker. I had my sales agents, about a dozen of them and, you know, working with me for me. And I was generating leads from sites like Zillow and Realtor.com and, and Facebook ads, et cetera, really just trying to drive more opportunities to my team to help them close more deals. And if they close, we all win. Um, but I very quickly realized how terrible they were um, and incapable they were. Not that they were lazy. They just it, it wasn't realistic for them to follow up with all leads coming through at all hours of the day and night and weekend instantly 
following up instantly, like we all know is important for speed to lead, or following up long-term, where we say the fortune is in the follow-up, being able to accomplish those two things, and to do it leveraging efficient technologies that allow them to actually cut through the noise and connect with people that are otherwise really distracted in their everyday lives in this internet age, um, where we're filled with distractions from from this phone uh, all the time. And so, you know, we started, our first approach was, hey, we should create a better lead gen source where people can buy leads from that are already qualified. And so we first, that was our first stab. And that was my agent finder where we would generate the leads as a company ourselves, qualify them internally with our own people in tech to do so. And then, and then sell or, you know, hand off ready to go qualified opportunities over to realtors around the country. And we grew that business. We raised some money for it in 2015. We grew it from a couple markets to nationwide. And uh, just to show the demand for that, people really were focusing on quality over quantity. And this is a big shift that we've seen is people are really more focused on quality versus quantity of, of opportunities. Um, and they rather focus on fewer, better, more motivated prospects. And so along the way, we realized that, um, you know, the, the leads that we were generating um, weren't really unique to us. It was what we were doing with them. It was how we qualified those leads. And we realized at one point when our own realtor customers were saying to us, hey, we love your service. We love how these leads that you're selling us come approved, ready to go, ready to talk. I never call someone who says, who is this? Stop calling me, buzz off. Um, and they said, but you're just one small lead source. And I'm getting another 100 leads a month from my Zillow and Realtor.com and, and my other accounts, just like I was when I was a broker. And they said, can, I, can we funnel all of our leads over to you to engage and qualify for us on our behalf, no matter the source? And that's when the light bulb really went off and we realized that instead of just being another lead source in a jungle of options out there, the Zillows of the world, um, instead of just being another Zillow that does things differently or, or fuller, we can actually leverage all of those marketplaces and actually help them all improve their quality. And that was where the seeds of agentology came about, which was we, we evolved the platform and invested deeper and allowed people to connect with and send us their leads from any source. And from any source could come in to agentology where we would then engage and qualify those leads and then pass it back to them. To them. So those were the beginning stages. Yeah, and I think that's when I connected with you guys on that level. You'd already been working as a real estate agent, and I'd met you through the industry, but I knew when I would see you at meetings or in different things at times, I'm like, there's something different about this guy. And that was the early days you were doing Agent Finder because you were really figuring out how to work a business as a business in the tech slash real estate space where a lot of real estate agents were still out chasing their tail. And then thereafter, I, it was when I met Avi. But you, but you um, then and Avi, how did you decide, okay, we're going to form this company. We're going to go from this to the bigger thing how did you decide who was going to do what and who was going to have what roles as brothers and as now co-owners of companies so let's talk a little bit about how brothers who already have this uh, i mean i've got four brothers so i came from a family of five boys my mom had in six years so it was like a tribe of you know testosterone running around the house and sometimes there's this you know rivalry or, or competitive nature from what i know about you guys and experiencing you firsthand when i've worked with you you figured out this really synergistic way to take your different skills or different knowledges and put it together. So how did you form that business relationship as our listeners are listening in here? We have entrepreneurs, we have executives, we have managers. 
So I'm curious about in connecting relationships in leadership, especially within a family dynamic. Can you talk a bit more about that, Avi, and how you and David kind of worked that out at the beginning? And then as we go through the show, I want to find out how that has evolved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I think it came really naturally to us. You know, I, I don't think that we, you know, in the beginning, we're all doing everything, right? Like, you know, we, we wear a lot of hats. Um, but David and I have always been, A, really close, right? Like, uh, just really good friends on top of being brothers. And B, really complementary, like very different personality style, very different um you know, skill sets. And, you know, I've always been a little bit more, I'd say, data driven, analytical, you know, thinking more with my tech hat on. And David's always been a really good sales guy, you know, he was a really good real estate agent, um, really good marketing kind of hat, really good creative guy, really funny, good public speaker kind of a guy. And so it wasn't, you know, ever a conversation, right, that we needed to have, like, hey, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that. It just came really naturally like to us. And, um, you know, people are often shocked, right? How can you work with your brother? And, and we get that question a lot. We've even had VCs, you know, investors reject us for being brothers. Say, hey, I don't, you know, they had a bad experience with, at one point investing in a husband-wife kind of uh, team. And they said, we don't, we don't do that anymore. And, um, and we, we think the opposite, like, I, I can't imagine ever having had the, you know, the success we've had, or just the ability to get to where we are, uh, without us having been brothers, right? Because the, the tough times are really tough. And I just don't know how I would go through that with somebody that I didn't have a, that close of a relationship with and that trust. Um, but what's definitely helped is that we're very different and it just came very naturally to us, the roles and you know, in the beginning, we all did everything, didn't do the same things, but wore a lot of hats. And now it's, as it's evolved, um, you know, it's still is very natural in terms of where our roles fit in the, in the organization. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I've seen it firsthand. And you also have other family members that have worked with in your company and your other brother still. And I think what you had, a it wasn't a real, another cousin. So you guys kind of made it to a small degree, a little bit of a family affair, right? To some degrees, David, didn't you have that dynamic that you realize there was talent, there was desire, and you know there is something about family that it's you know who else is going to have your back more in that trust and respect thing, uh, and no one can pick on your brother or sister or mother, and even though if you want to do that, you can. So I'm assuming that dynamic, as obvious talking about, it, had some really great benefit. But David, you guys also introduced some other people within the company as you grew, correct? That we interviewed who? I'm sorry. You introduced in your company that had opportunities that were family members that also came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our, our third brother, our youngest brother, um, right when he graduated from college, he had a few a few, a few, few stints in, in different, you know, great companies he was working at, uh, Classy.org being one here in San Diego. Um, and then he started working with us. Um, and it's one of the hardest working people we've ever had. And to this day, he's one of the hardest working people. When he's at the beach, he's with his laptop. I mean, I mean, to an unhealthy state sometimes. Um, yeah. And uh, and his uh, wife now, Kelsey, will send us photos of him on the beach on their vacation when he's on the laptop. And you know, like, so hey, that laptop down already, right? It's crazy. I've seen him walking. We were in Philadelphia visiting family, and we he, we were literally walking 
through the streets of Philadelphia, just kind of touring the city. And Eitan's walking with his laptop open, literally walking with his laptop, like completing <laughs> something. This is not everywhere he goes. It's crazy. Right. We got to let him know they have tablets now. He could actually migrate yeah. to something a little smaller. Anyway, we've got to come on to a break here for just a few minutes. I want to come back and obviously pick up the story because not only did you guys go from figuring out how to work this synergistic relationship together in Avi's uh, knowledge of kind of the back end and technology and David's front end scales of sales and connecting and, uh, and then you guys went out and raised funds, and I was witnessing when you did that in the early days. So I, some of our listeners that are listening in may have uh, been trying to figure out how can they raise capital or how do you really get into the VC world. Um, and I still to this day recommend a book that I think David originally referred to me, which is uh, – maybe I'm wrong, but it's called Pitch Anything by Oren Clough. Uh, and when you guys were putting some of your early decks together and some of your early pitches about really fine-tuning your presentation and messages, I remember David and Avi, you guys going on the road and doing pitch after pitch and getting your ideas out there. So I want to come back from the, the break here and talk about pitching to others to get money, rejection, keeping your vision alive, and also keeping this so that it was something that stayed true to what you wanted and attracting the right people in your company. So we're going to come back from a break if it's okay and dig into those topics with you guys. Sound good? Sounds great. Sounds great. Thank All right. you. All right. Well, everyone, we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Alchemy of Business Show, talking with the Tall Brothers. These tech entrepreneurs are going to give us some words of wisdom today. So come back and join us. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business Show. We are here talking with David Tall and Avi Tall, who run a company called Verse.io, which evolved from Agentology. Uh, and these guys are really just great guys. If you get a chance to meet them anytime, you'll find out what good-hearted, fun, and smart guys these guys are. So it's always having a fun conversation with them. Uh, so David and Avi, before we jumped off to the break, we were talking about how this evolution happened. As brothers working together, you had this original early-on success for a period of time that was fairly short, and then you bounced onto something else from there. So from Agent Finder, you decided to pull this whole funnel of allowing all leads in the real estate industry. You now have gone beyond that, but let's start from there. And realizing that, hey, we wanted to be a one-stop shop service. And what I do remember about working with you guys, and as I talk with you, you're always thinking about how can we serve others and how can we make this easier and how can we make this better? So it sounded like your customers were asking for something. You guys created the platform. And from that, a business then evolved. So this agentology company, and I think that's when you guys, I, I ran into David at, uh, uh, was it True, True Food? Food. Maybe? Yeah, True Food. Yeah. Valley. And I remember you coming right after me and I was, had been in there and I didn't see you in the restaurant and you connected me and we were, I was almost out like in front of the restaurant and you started telling me about what you were doing and we, we connected and then I came and met with you. And said, oh, God, this is so needed because I had been running real estate companies for years. And I knew that agents had all good intentions of following up on leads. I knew agents had all good intentions of spending their marketing dollars wisely. I knew agents had all good intentions of understanding the Internet. Very few of them did. So I knew that you guys were on to something. So let's talk about agentology in the early days when it went from you and you and Avi working together and doing it all to then you brought on an, one employee, two, ten and I think now you're over like 200 people in this current day and age. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Right around there. Okay. So let's go back to that day. So you're sitting against each other in your desk one day. Agentology has started. You have this new business model. How quickly did that take off? And how quickly did you start uh, bringing in enough revenue that you knew you could do this and start building it? You know, we, we took the path of 
kind of building a new plane while we were flying the current one. Um, you know, and so we, we, we really took everything that we were doing for ourselves and we treated ourselves as the first customer. Mm. And so when you think about my agent finder, we were the company that was generating leads and then we hired ourselves to qualify those leads and engage and qualify and nurture and then hand them off to, to, to our partners around the country. Um, and all we really did to change it was to allow people to slide in their leads into that process and connect their leads. And that took a little work and some engineering and, and, and you know, we, we worked very diligently and very focused on ways to do that. And we certainly, you know, were scrappy, you know, to start, you know, and as we raised funding, we would invest and we would hire a few more people at a time and engineers and product and, and, and develop and evolve uh, the platform. But we really were essentially our own first customers um, of, of the new service agentology. We eventually sold off the lead gen, you know, referral network, my agent finder, we sold it to one of the largest CRMs in real estate. And we reinvested 100% of those proceeds um, into building what what became Verse, which was agentology for every industry um, and where we're at today. That's powerful. Well, and Avi, I remember that scrappy part when uh, you guys weren't exactly as scrappy probably when I met you, but I think you had eight or 10 people, but you were still a little scrappy. Uh, but then you guys were like, but your your team seemed like really vested in your mission and group. I remember the energy and agentology when you were in the smaller space you're in and then you went to a way bigger space is that you guys um, had something that people really believed was necessary. And I love what you said, David, about you kind of looked at yourselves as your first customer. And I think that's great advice for anybody looking in. I know when I started my consulting company six years ago. I said the same thing. I said, I'm going to make myself my first client. And as my first client, what would I need? What would I want? What kind of direction? And that's why I decided to do more of a well, whole, a holistic kind of approach to consulting, advising, and coaching that encompassed mindset and health and uh, you know, scaling and building. So it's this whole thing that was important to me. So I figured I had to get that in trap in myself. Uh, and so I did focus on me being my first best client. And then from there, created a model. So I love that advice you gave, David. And for anyone listening in, look at your own model. If you're starting out on something now or you're in an existing company that's growing and it's still successful, stop a minute and say, if you were the customer right now in your company, how would you be experiencing your service? How would you be experiencing your pricing? And is it exactly what you had in mind? And if not, then take an opportunity to look and see about adjusting. So Avi, when you guys realize, okay, we're scrappy, but this is working. We're, we've created this new model. At what point did you guys then realize, okay, it's time to raise money? So uh, how in, how far into agentology, Avi, did you guys start going, okay, we're, we're going to get a, a deck together. We're going to get a plan together. And then how did that process go about for anyone that's listening in to, hmm, how do I even start about raising money? What do I do first? And how did that process go for you guys? Yeah, I, you know, it was very new to us. Um, I think that, you know, this light bulb moment went off. We, we had a business that was doing well and it was sustainable and it was growing slowly. Um, but this light bulb moment went off around how big this can actually get, right? We, we realized, wow, we have something super powerful here, the secret sauce, right, behind, you know, um, the lead gen part of the business, which was the, the, the lead qualification, right, layer. And we had a bunch of demand, right, from our customers requesting that we do this for, for every all their leads and we realized there's a there's a big opportunity here um 
but there's a lot that needs to be done to make it work, right? We have to figure out how to integrate with all of these different lead CRMs and um, you know lead marketplaces. We had to figure out how to scale the the you know the the lead qualification process, which was you know in the beginning very um, phone and SMS based, and we we had to figure out how to kind of invest more in in SMS and in automating the SMS so that we can scale this all the way. And we just, we knew we needed, you know, investment, right? Um, and so that, you know, we, the light bulb moment inspired the big opportunity. And, um, and that's when we made the decision to, to go out and raise capital. I think that we also thought it was going to be easy, you know, because every day we read on TechCrunch, you know, .com, another you know, company that raises money for X. And so we're like, oh, we're going to crush it. Like, this is going to be easy. Let's go, you know, raise millions. And um, we quickly learned and then learned again and then learned again after three, four times of raising capital that it's the hardest thing, you know, we've ever done. It's, I think that it's unfortunate because, you know, TechCrunch makes it seem easy. Right. But it's not. And, um, and, you know, we've learned a lot from that process. Um, and, you well, know, you guys have obviously learned well, because I think you've gone on to do three different rounds, if I'm not mistaken. So I remember that. But you also were smart enough to pull in some advice on, uh, I think it was Cliff, right, who did some early on help with you. Uh, so uh, and you, you obviously had a little bit of stuff in connection with Silicon Valley from your first venture, right? So yeah. did you did that help you a little bit, at least knowing where to start of trying to build something? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, I think I knew all the, you know, I was kind of a fanboy of the of the industry, right? And so I, I knew, you know, all the big names and all the big, you know, VC firms. And, and but again, I thought it was easy, you know, and so I thought that I could just, you know, reach out and, and, and uh, you know, so I knew who, who to reach out to, but quickly learned that it doesn't work that way. And, uh, and yeah, bringing on Cliff was, was, um, you know, the best decision we ever made. Um, but I think, you know, the best advice we would give anybody is to do something like that. Find a, a mentor specifically for this, right? Somebody that can get you in the door, literally walk in the room with you, which was what Cliff was doing with us when we were doing our initial road shows up in, in um, you know, Silicon Valley. And, yeah, partner with somebody like that, that, that can, you know, there's nothing better than a warm intro into these firms. And so that's number one. And then number two is, how to craft your pitch and your story and your deck and, and all that. And it's super important. You know, you have, you know, two minutes to get the, the, the VC's attention before they just turn to their phone for the rest of the meeting. Right. And start reading their emails. And so it's super important um, to, to, you know, bring somebody on to help you through that process because really we're all always naive <laughs> no matter what. And I think that, you know, especially in that moment, the first time raising money, so bringing somebody on that can really help and um, learning from every single meeting that you take, you know, you got to do 30, 40 pitches before you find the right investor. So right. it wasn't easy. We pulled it off every time, but it was not easy. Every single time it felt like we barely got, got, got it through the finish line at the end. And yeah. that's, that's kind of the, you know, the whole, like you're three inches from gold or, or, you know, the whole, from uh, gold, yeah, the old Napoleon Hill. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that, like you just got to keep going, but, um, 
Yeah. And then David, I remember you going out on those pitches and coming back. And, and since you had been on a lot of listing presentations, I remember asking you that in the early days when we connected about and a lot of times, if you're going out as a real estate agent, you're pitching a listing to a seller to try and get their home for sale. You have, you know, everyone has their pitch and their listing and they'll come back. And sometimes they know they got it because they signed the paperwork and sometimes they want to interview other you know, realtors, et cetera, but you're always kind of fine tuning your listing pitch. So did you take some of those skills, David, and adapt them over to doing a pitch for investors with a deck or was it completely different and foreign? Uh, and then what are a, a couple, maybe two, uh, two or three tips of advice on additional what Avi said about for people that are doing that right now, uh, that, now that you've learned all these bumps in the roads along the way. So let's talk about the similarity, similarity of when you were pitching as an agent and then any tips you might have. I, I think the biggest similarity is just being able to find a way to make an authentic human connection with somebody on the other side of the table. Because uh, ultimately, people want to connect with you, and that's what builds trust and authenticity and, and people wanting to work with you in some capacity. And I, I think the reason I did well in real estate, there were better realtors, for sure, better realtors that did more uh, did more marketing materials, made videos. But I connected with people, I feel, on a more authentic level. I didn't just tell them what they wanted to hear. I told them what I really thought, um, and I think that built trust. And I think carrying that over to when you're talking to VCs where you need ultimate trust, ultimate trust, they're giving you millions and millions of dollars and barely seeing anything for months at a time until you report to them at board meetings and let them know what's going on. And, right. and they ultimately know that most of their investments will likely fail and they're betting on you being one of the winners. And, um, and so it's like an extreme version of, of trust and, and then being able to have you know, uh, a, a level of trust in your competence. Um, and, you know, a, a, a homeowner could, could fire you or the home could not sell and they could switch over. Uh, there are no refunds when someone gives you money for, uh, for a, a fund, you know, for a venture. And so it's, I would say it's that on steroids. Um, and I think that the biggest thing is crafting a narrative and a story that doesn't just capture the attention, which is important, just like the first few pages of a script or a book, if you're not into it right away, you're going to move on and check out, like Avi said. And we had people many times just move over to their phone, and it was just depressing to have to keep going through the slides yeah. when even people had checked out. Yes. And I will also say that we only had one yes, at, and at one of the rounds, we had two yeses. But out of 50 or so pitches, and we were mostly rejected 98% of the time. And, um, and, and, and so – recognizing that and not getting down and guess what you pitch until you get a yes pretty much so it's about not giving up and, and the thing is that every time someone said no to us at first it was tough it was like oh we we don't have a good business they must not like it we must not be good enough founders you doubt yourself a little bit it's it's hard to get rejected if you go and you hit on someone at a bar and they say no you, you sort of have a little self-doubt. Did I smell? Do I look weird? Do I not have good style? Do, you know, am I not tall enough? Whatever, right? And hear that 50 times in a row, and, it, and it's hard. And so entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Um, sometimes I don't know if it's for me. It's right. tough. It's <laughs> tough, and you're rejected all the time, and that's the nature of it. And then you get a yes, and that yes can change your life. and yeah. can allow you to create a business that changes the lives of hundreds of other people, maybe thousands, right? And so that's that's where you have to have your focus is, is looking ahead, being optimistic and looking at what all of this and all this struggle is going to do. And when my advice on, on a pitch is to get the attention 
of what matters to the, your audience and that sense the investor immediately. Don't wait. So many people try to build it and build it and build it. And at the end, they think, wow, this is what they really want to hear and the chart. And, and really what you got to do is capture their attention up front. Hey, I'm David. This is Avi. Here's what we do. And by the way, here's how well we're doing. Up front, boom, get their attention. Oh, oh, wow, they have an idea and real momentum here. Great. Now let me peel back and tell you what the problem is. What is the solution that we're creating? And very importantly, not just how big can this be, but why now? Why now is this so important? You know, people could have maybe pitched uh, digital taxi services in the past, but the reason Uber succeeded their why now was now we have smartphones where we can do this from an app. It's easier than ever. People aren't going to do it on the computer, but why now? Cause now we have apps and app store allowed us to do this. And yeah, so there, you know, and, and I think that like in our world, it was the why now was everyone is now moving online. And we were in the earliest days of Zillow and realtor.com flooding the market with new leads and people trying to figure out what to, what to do with all of these, because in the in, in the good old days, you know, Steve, when you started and and you know you're an icon of the real estate industry, and 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 uh, I I've been honored to uh, be your mentee and to learn from you. That's why I stopped you at True Foods, and I look at that as a pivotal moment in my life. That how much has changed in the dominoes since then, and so I'm I'm very grateful for you. But you and I, in when even when I started in real estate, I was just waiting for people to walk by the door. I had an office at a location with a lot of foot traffic because it was all about location, 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 right? And people would walk in the door and they would shake your hand and tell you their real name and tell you what they were looking for. And you could help them out and make an instant connection right away. And what, what changed was the world changed. And all of a sudden, leads became these unknown entities that were coming in on all hours of the day with real names, fake names, real numbers, fake numbers, we're not sure, interest level, not really sure, connection made, not yet, too cold. And how do you bridge the digital world with the physical world? Um, and, and that was our big why now. And here's what we're doing to kind of pull in that digital world and connect them with real people in the physical world to accomplish, you know, different objectives and buy services and products, et cetera. That's awesome. Well, Avi and David, that's some great insight. And we'll have some of these uh, nuggets in the show notes because some great things were said there. Uh, and so we'll make sure that we're recapping some of this. But I love that you said, I mean, you had to pitch 50 times to get just one yes, but that's all it took was the one yes. Uh, and so the power of the mindset of overcoming in anything in life, I don't care if, it, like you said, it's romantic relationships or family or business or an entrepreneurship or the executive world, having the ability to believe in yourself, even when people doubt you uh, and having the ability with, uh, you know, self, self-control internally by getting up off the ground and, and moving forward. Uh, is key. So having that positive mindset and believing in your product or service and most importantly yourself, importantly yourself when people are telling you no. So you guys did that famously well. And as, as I mentioned, went on to do three different rounds. Um, and I think, you know, pointing out that the, the investors are pitched all day, every day. So getting their attention and I can't recommend that book and audio book enough. If people haven't read it or listened to it, it's called Pitch Anything. I think it's by Oren Clough. And he was and you know, serial raised funds from Silicon Valley, Wall Street, all over. And he talks about how to bring down your deck to a lot of what David is saying. You've got to capture their interest. You've got to show what the problem is. You've got to show what the solution is. You have to show why you, why now. 
Um, and then, you know, hopefully the investors are going to pick a winner and they obviously picked a winner on you guys. Uh, and then you went on in the industry. And we've only got about one minute left here in this segment, but you went on the industry uh, to win numerous awards already to date. I mean, I know Realogy uh, here in slide eight, Noel, if you're still popping slides around, you, you guys won, you know, like a, I think it was the Entrepreneur Innovator Award or something. What was that award for that you guys won in 2017? And Realogy, for those that don't know who Realogy is and they've just did a brand change a name, but they own five or six different major brands in the United States, Caldwell Banker, Better Homes and Gardens, Sotheby's. And they um, gave a, an honor award to um, to David and Avi um, and their company for um, entrepreneurship. What was the a, a actual award for? I think it was a, uh, I forget the exact name, but like an innovation award in yeah. the industry. Well, we're going to show that award clip. I think uh, my engineer is having a little bit of tech difficulty, so we're going to pop up that slide later and put it in. But uh, congrats on that, because I know that you uh, both have gone on. And thank you for saying I'm an icon in the industry. I don't know about that, but I know you guys have become young icons in the industry, have been noted in ma major news articles, on stages, invited to speak at events. So you guys went from, you know, being the guys that were scrapping to now being and help uh, looked at as leading an industry. And when we come back from the break, uh, I want to talk about how you evolved into outside of real estate even and how the world's gotten even bigger. So your world keeps getting bigger and bigger because you keep looking to serve others in a big way. And, you know, just like you said in your deck uh, to show an investor why now, uh, I also want to ask you what's next. Uh, so we're going to come back and talk to you guys about what's next. And then I also want to talk with you guys in this segment about what is your why, what's your own personal why as to why you're doing this and what do you want the outcome to be, as all of us should be thinking about as we're running our businesses. What's your why, what's your passion, what's your legend, and what's your legacy going to be? So come back and join us on the next segment and the last segment of the Alchemy of Business with the Tall Brothers. We will be right back. Thank you for listening in. Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show. Whether you're listening in, viewing in, or both, I appreciate you being here. This last segment here with the Tall Brothers is going to be action-packed like the first two segments because we've got so much to cover and we could go for hours, but unfortunately, we only have a small less, uh, next segment. So David and Avi, you were talking before on the segment, not only about raising funds, but about believing in yourself, mindset, and making sure that why now... So why now, when you switched from the name Realogy into the company's name now, Verse.io, that was a whole evolution stepping out into the global world and multiple businesses. So can you give us a quick uh, snapshot on how that became about and why it became about? Yeah, sure. So, so, you know, when we first started, we were solving this problem for realtors. Uh, that was kind of the world we were in at the time and wanted to have a very kind of distinct focus. But we always knew that this was not a real estate problem only. This was a internet leads problem and the world had completely changed. And whether you were looking for real estate or getting a mortgage or looking for solar or getting your home repaired or looking for insurance or healthcare or a car, you were now starting those searches increasingly online. Um, and so we knew that ultimately we could apply the technology that we developed to engage, qualify, and, and tee up opportunities for salespeople across any industry. And that's why we evolved from agentology, you know, the science of, of real estate kind of behind it, to verse, which was inspired by us being able to help businesses converse uh, and have conversations with their prospects at the most important moments on their journey. 
So verse is a takeoff of conver- conversation verse. So this verse world now that you're in was fully supported and I think endorsed by not only your investors, but by your whole team, which is now over 200 people. Um, and has it gotten, you were saying earlier about being an entrepreneur, sometimes it's not easy and it's rough. So Avi, for you, has it gotten, you've been in the seat now for a while running fairly large company and, and revving a few storms, not only economically, but also now with a global pandemic and with fundraising and you know potential turnover in companies that people have with staff and leaders. So for, has it gotten easier for you, Avi, as a leader now going into a whole, or is it now just a whole nother weight on your shoulders and it's gotten harder? I'm curious on this, when, when people decide to start evolving and, and raising the bar and raising the game and raising industries are in, how do you feel now um, about this growth and, and how you're managing it? Yeah, I think, you know, the shift and evolution to verse felt right, it felt really good. And um, and so I think in that context, it got easier to grow, it got easier to track new new kinds of customers, think outside of the box, and it just feels better, right? I just, uh, I think, you know, I don't know what our mindset was when we came up with the name Agentology, but, but you know, it, for a while, David and I just hated it. You know, we felt like the name looked exactly like the word Scientology and the even the logo looked exactly like it. And it just felt very like, it just didn't, it felt too small, right? Um, and so it was a big weight lifted off of our shoulders when we evolved that. And we just fell in love with the brand verse. It took a while to kind of, find it and it came to us at the perfect moment and um and so that part felt great and it still feels great and um in terms of has it gotten any easier no it only gets harder it's only gotten harder um more people more problems more money more problems you know it's not uh it's it hasn't gotten any easier but obviously we've definitely gotten stronger you know um you know as you know our, our mental fitness, you know, continues to get exercised and challenged. Um, so we, we continue to learn, we continue to be naive um, and we continue to, um, you know, strengthen, you know, all of our muscles. Well, I think that's a great point. Continue to be strong and learn and to also continue to be naive and acknowledging as soon as you learn something, there's something else you need to learn. So it's, I know that's about you guys. You're always hungry for learning. And over the years, you've brought in various advisors, you've brought in great board advisors with your investors, you go to conferences, you go to masterminds, you lead those things. So I love that dynamic. And I think for anybody listening in, you know, when you get to the top of your field, and you're sometimes hitting a glass ceiling, even if it's a big industry, I felt the same way. I'd been in the top of the food chain of real estate for many, many years, but I felt a little bit restricted in a weird kind of way. And then I broke out and started doing all different businesses in my consulting and advising, speaking and coaching. And I realized, and David has said this a few times, and so have you, people are people. People want to be communicated with. People want to be heard. People want to be understood. And your product and services bring that to the table. And I realized, even if I didn't know a, Brit, a product or a business segment, those things are common within all companies and all industries. So you guys have figured that out. Um, and then, David, along the way here, as you were then now spending the money that you guys made on your own P&Ls, but you were also spending investors' money. Um, how did it change at the board table, if you would, on your daily or weekly meetings with your teams about making sure you're, you're spending this money wisely? Because you guys have raised millions and millions of dollars. So can you give a little advice to anybody listening in about how to make sure you're spending money wisely when you're growing? 
Yeah, I think it's important to decide what the most important metrics of success are for your business and then watch them like a hawk weekly with your team and discuss them and bring up, you know, red flags early on when things start to slide in the wrong direction. And they will inevitably do so, no matter the metric. Revenue will not always go up and to the right. Your gross margins will not always be moving up and to the right. Your cost to acquire new customers, your lifetime value that you uh, attribute, um, the cost of marketing and, and the correlate, you know, what, what it brings in uh, will keep changing. Why? Because everything keeps changing. And, and, and change the only constant. And what, what's important, though, with the constant you need to have is keeping your eye on the prize, having a long-term view, and then working backwards to how you're going to get there and not being too reactive in any given short period of time to, to the winds of change that, that, that are you know, bound to, to, to kind of blow in different directions all the time. Kind of keeping your course, being level-headed. By the way, I'm saying this. I'm not great at this. I'm not equanimous all the time, as Avi will attest. But but what brings me back is that North Star of saying, well, this is where we're trying to get to, and we're going to work our way backwards and be very honest with ourselves. And one of the things that we've always done with the board is been extra conservative. And I think this is unique to us. I don't think everyone does this. I think a lot of people are sharing with their board or with investors of any kind, like the dream state, if everything goes perfectly right state, and that's what they pitch. And I think what we've done a good job of is, to really run the business in a way that is ambitious, super ambitious, but extremely conservative, hoping for the best, planning for the worst, right? Having that kind of wisdom about we don't know what we don't know and being able to share that transparently with our board to let them know, here's what we hope to accomplish. Here's what we really think we can accomplish. And here's what we're going to measure and update you all on on our way there. And what that does is it builds trust because Naturally, as things change, for example, COVID, when that hit a couple of years ago, <laughs> our projections went in a very different direction for a little while. Right. Well, we were able to continue to report on a lot of the same fundamental metrics and share what we were doing and plan for the worst. We didn't know how long it was going to last and how affected we would be. And fortunately, we were not as affected as the worst case scenario, but we had planned for it. So we came out of that storm, not just surviving, but thriving through it. Um, and, and I think, I think that's important to, to be mindful of what you don't know, staying humble and being extremely transparent with your board throughout. Well, that's great advice. And we're coming into the last few segment minutes here of the summit. So thank you for that insight. And Noel, uh, let's make sure we pop up some of these slides. I love that slide we have on 16, where it's got these guys back to back. And for those that aren't seeing this, cause you're on audio, there's a great slide here with the, the verse story, the verse.io story. Uh, and it's closing the lead uh, conversation gap between marketing and sales. But it, it's even better, the photo. Look at that look on Avi's face there. It's like... It's blue steel. Blue steel. <laughs> I don't know where this photo came from. The two brothers back <laughs> to back here. Um, but so as, uh, as we wrap up the segment, we only have a few minutes, uh, maybe a minute and a half for each of you left. But I wanted to... You mentioned the word North Star, David. So I want to know, as you're building this company, you're, you're young guys in the scope of life. Uh, David, you've been building a family, uh, obviously still in the bachelor life at this stage and surfing and traveling and uh, being a great uncle to, to your kids. And you guys are in different paths, but all on, so on common ground and very things you do. So what's your own North Stars? If you have this description of what keeps you beyond verse, beyond other stuff, what, how do you guys describe your North Star or how do you describe 
your own spirituality. I know you're very into tech and AI and artificial intelligence. I love all of that. And I also love the concept of spiritual intelligence and the intangibleness of spiritual intelligence or that vibe of however someone defines it. So in just a minute or so wrap up from each of you, and uh, how do, how are you finding this even bigger meaning to life in making what's really, really important beyond building tech companies and beyond becoming successful? And maybe that's it and enough, and that's fine. But I'm just curious about that piece for other young entrepreneurs or other people listening in on how you're balancing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's important to, to continue to invest in yourself always, you know, first and foremost. So D David and I have attended... Um, retreats, right, that are really, you know, disconnect entirely and work on yourself, nothing to do with the business. Even though our business coaches were the ones that signed us up for this retreat, we, we came to the retreat thinking it was going to be all about business and planning. And it, it was just all about searching deep, deep, deep in, into yourself and finding, you know, deeply rooted trauma or whatever it is. And, you know, I, I think, you know, mental fitness or whatever you want to call it is, is, really important and um and so yeah having you know some investments um uh, in that realm is important i think um uh, working on yourself always in whatever you know way it may be exercise and and, and other you know outlets but definitely just doing other work and I, th I recommend looking for you know those kinds of retreats that may, may help um, guide you in that direction um in terms of my my personal why you know, I don't, you know, again, we, this business and, and our journey has been such an evolution, right? So it wasn't like we set out from the beginning um, with like, this is what we want to, you know, change the world, you know, by solving this big problem. It was really an evolution. And I, my personal why is um, the people that we brought along the way, all of our employees, our investors, and, and doing really right by them and just making all of them super proud. And so what i I don't care how much money I make. I just want to make my investors a ton of money. That's that's my motivation. And at the same time, I want to make my employees a bunch of money, and I want to, you know, give them you know great jobs and great lives. And and uh, and you know, that's that's what I think about when I'm thinking about these hard decisions. Um, is thinking about all of the people around me, and that that to me is my my personal why. Perfect. Thank you. And then, David, we're coming to the last segment and uh, of time here, but I want to get your same thing. I know with having kids and family and your own beliefs, I'm sure they've evolved over the years. But what is your why right now and what is your connection to the higher North Star for yourself? Yeah, I, I've always been inspired by, you know, the Steve Jobs of the world and uh, and people with, you know, higher purposes and, and as really big kind of thought leaders in their spaces. And I've always tried to look through the lens of how can this change the world for the better? And yes, and obviously right. This didn't start off as verse in the way it's currently is, but I think that by evolving, we've always had the mindset of how can we improve the experience, right? And how can we improve results? And one of the things that I'm most proud of with what we do today is that we didn't just find a way to charge companies money and make money and figure out a way to middleman something, we, we're solving a big problem, right? We're solving a problem that the businesses face by not being able to get a hold of the majority of their prospects and losing money. And, and that affects employment and, and a lot of things for businesses and their ability to scale. And we're also solving it from the consumer side of creating a far better experience. Who wants to be cold called all day long 
from numbers they don't know. And now we're given uh, an option here to allow people to communicate over SMS, which 90% of people prefer. And so in our own way, we're improving, you know, the world in our own way, improving the consumer experience. Um, and ultimately, I think that where this goes and our, my North Star ultimately is how to create the most impact for the most amount of people. And today it may be around communication. Tomorrow it may be around health or other aspects. But, you know, to me, I, I want to make a really big difference. And I want our legacy to be one that lasts, you know, for many years beyond what we do and that the impacts, you know, ripple for, for decades to come um, and inspire others the way I've been inspired by others. And I hope not there yet, but I really hope that one day people are inspired by things that we do and it inspires them to, to create companies and to create more and more good in the world in, in their own way. Well, you, you, I've already reached that in some of my mind and view for sure. So you're accomplishing that. So you guys are inviting good in. I really appreciate you being on the show. I know our listeners and viewers will receive some good vibe from you coming through the screen here. Uh, people can reach out to you, uh, David and Avi. We're going to have your connected screens of Verse.io, uh, your Facebook and LinkedIn pages for both you guys. Uh, we'll have that in the show notes and the links underneath. Uh, and I want to thank you very much for being on the Alchemy of Business Show. We'll have to have you back because we got to half the questions we didn't be able to get to. Uh, and there's so many other topics we could cover. But this was a great start and a great segment of uh, really telling us about your journey and who you are. Uh, and yes, I think making impact in the world and making it a better place is exactly the path you guys are on. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you so thanks much, Steve. Here. All right. Well, thank you for listening in. And if you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying the show, please subscribe and give us a review. We'd love to get a thumbs up and have you follow us for more shows to hear from more thought leaders and entrepreneurs and executives, helping everyone find out how to make wiser decisions, create more profits and to create higher purpose and meaning in your life. So thanks for listening in or viewing in. See you next time. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed, and see you soon.